Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. I have a super fascinating conversation with Dr. Stephen Furlick. 
and he is the author of Sex Talk, How Biological Sex Influences Gender Communication Differences Throughout Life's Stages. And he has taught and researched communication at the university level for over 20 years. And we talk about his book, Sex Talk, and he goes over all the research that explains the biological differences between men and women and how they influence our abilities or inabilities to communicate. And I really enjoyed this conversation. It's a little bit different from the research scientific side, but you can take this information and apply it to your relationships because if you understand that we are not always in control of our abilities to communicate or relate in the sense of there's biological mechanisms that actually make it harder for men to listen and to integrate listening and communicating with relating at the same time. And Stephen goes over that specific research that uncovers the biological underpinnings of things like that and so much more. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think you guys will as well. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days? Yes. Sign yes. me up. <laughs> then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. We talk about it on the show, relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along, but we've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners. And you've made it here. You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit. But what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work. And that's why we created the course. Spark One Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond, and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. Uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock for $100 off. Hi, Stephen. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks, Chase. 
Today, we're going to talk about your book, Sex Talk. And I was just going through the outline of the book and a lot of the things you covered. And it seems super interesting and important to understand this, to share it with our audience. So I'm excited for our conversation today. Let's start by having you tell our listeners why you decided to write this book. Okay, thanks. So for about the last um, seven or eight years, I taught, I teach communication courses at the university level and I do research also. And for about the last seven or eight years, I've taught a general communication course. And in the social scientists and communication in particular, there have been some research out there that has recognized communication differences between uh, males and females, men and women. But starting probably in the late 80s or somewhere around there, maybe early 90s, um, those differences has always been attributed to social factors. So maybe the way that you're raised in a family, uh, maybe the people who you socialize with, especially society. And one of the things I've noticed was that the same consistent communication differences between men and women, males and females, keep occurring regardless of um, various backgrounds that people may have, cultural differences, to some extent, age. And I thought with the same consistent findings, study after study, year after year, even different generations, there must be something else to it. That's with all these differences and still having these consistent findings, I thought, well, there must be a biological component to it as well. So then I started to dive much more into how biological sex differences influence gender communication differences between males and females, such as brain differences, and then also sex hormone differences as well. I started looking at uh, research articles in biology, neuroscience, and psychiatry, and started to put those together for the uh, class I taught in gender communication. And there wasn't a book out there that explained the biological reasons. There's plenty out there explain social factors, but not the biological reasons. And I thought, well, since there isn't one out there, I might as well just write my own. Let's first talk about some of the major social factors that have long been talked about, and and we can just glance over those. And then I want to dive into the biological factors that you're uncovering. Okay. Um, actually, there's a section in my book that helps to uh, address that rather uh, clearly. Um, interests that we have. There, there are different uh, hobbies and interests and also abilities between males and females, boys and girls from an early age. It's then men and women later in life as well. And for example, um, boys and girls tend to have different uh, hobby interests, such that boys are more likely to play with what we think of as male typical types of hobbies and uh, interests, such as trucks and trains and more physical types of activities. And social, uh, the, the research Social science research has always attributed that to parents encourage that by giving those types of toys to boys and then maybe dolls and other types of uh, social um, toys to girls. And that's what the factor was. But what my book has pointed out through uh, biological research is, is that sex hormone levels, that's what is a major factor that contributes to play uh, differences between boys and girls. And then later in life, hobbies, interests and also social interests as well, that prior to birth, sex hormone levels can predict toward 
and interest play behavior differences between boys and girls, whereas higher levels of testosterone, that is uh, more likely to result with playing with a truck, a train, or having more physical types of activities. And that's what we usually attribute to uh, or think of as board uh, typical types of uh, behaviors. And uh, the adult men tend to have 20 times as much testosterone than what uh, uh, females do. And estrogen is highly linked with more of those other types of uh, playing with dolls or other types of social types of behaviors. It's so fascinating and there's so much to dive into. But on that note, it, I've read in the past, you know, women are more inclined to gravitate towards interpersonal professions like nursing, psychology, um, and and it's attributed to this same biological function that that there are real differences. So it's not that we need to like point them out and put people in boxes, but it's important to understand for, for lots of reasons. As it relates to this show, I want to focus in on communication. So how are these biological differences affecting communication between men and women? Okay. So to start out with, I'll start out with just uh, briefly a, a basic overview of um, of the development, just because it gives a little background, and then I'll I'll dive more into the specifics of the biological factors and how that leads to communication differences. So just briefly, uh, my book explains the biological reasons for social behavioral differences, and at conception, um, everyone pretty much starts off in the same developmental path what we normally think of as the female path. So becoming a girl or, or a woman, you know, later in life. But it's four months after conception, so you're still developing inside the womb, that um, sex hormone differences uh, start to differentiate uh, the development between males and females. So those with an XX chromosome that we normally think of as female produce more of the estrogen, whereas those with the XY chromosome produces more of the testosterone, and that's four months still in the development. And what that does is it actually influences the brain structural differences between males and females, and in particular, in the communication areas of the brain. So now science can analyze a human brain and with over 90% accuracy predict if it's male or female based upon those structural differences that were created from sex hormone differences. So after um, readers finish my book, they should be able to identify at least five different areas of the brain that uh, differ between males and females and how that influences uh, the way that we communicate, the way that we understand our emotions, uh, topics that we use, the words that we use, interests that we have, because all communication starts in the brain. So to tie this in, so as you can see, developmentally, we start off um, after a few months and down different paths, different tracks. And a major um, underlying factor of that is, is sex hormones. And that even influences our structural differences, um, the way that we develop physically, particularly in the brain, which influences our communication. So later on, um, after birth, um, it's been found consistently that girls outperform uh, boys with the way that they read, way that they write, their language abilities, and that boys tend to have more language and speech disorders. And part of that is explained to sex hormone levels. That testosterone 
that tends to hinder social abilities, language abilities. So as testosterone levels increase, language abilities tend to uh, decrease or be hindered. And then the opposite has been found with estrogen levels. So as estrogen levels tend to increase, then social ability starts to improve. Language ability starts to improve. And one of the things that have been found, and this, this really helps to tie in how biology helps to better understand social factors is what's been consistently found with communication research is that uh, females are much better with um, nonverbal communication. And that's been found for years and even decades. But again, for the last several years and decades, it's always been attributed to social factors. But now science has advanced far enough that we know some of the biological reasons why females are better uh, with nonverbal communication, understanding other people's nonverbal uh, behaviors. Uh, one is they have a more integrated brain. So what that, they have more connections to both sides of um, their hemispheres. What that allows them to do is to engage in the uh, social interaction, the conversation, while at the same time analyze the other person's nonverbal behaviors uh, simultaneously. Whereas with males, we have a much more compartmentalized brain. We have more con uh, um, connections within each hemisphere, but not across. So that's why um, we do one task or one particular uh, thing or the other. We either engage in the conversation or we analyze um, the nonverbal behaviors of other people. But um, females also have higher levels of oxytocin during conversations. And what oxytocin is, that's that bonding chemical. It helps you feel that connection with the other person. And one way, one way it does that, it takes more sensory information that you can analyze. And also they have more mirror neurons that are activated during conversations. And what the mirror neurons do is you see someone else's nonverbal behaviors and then your brain activates, your mirror neurons activate and pre uh, prepares your brain to mirror or to emulate those same types of behaviors that you see someone else do. So it helps females have that same or similar type of emotional experience or sensation that the other person does because their body is being prepared to um, do those same types of behaviors. So what that does with nonverbal uh, understanding is it helps females, women, girl, even girls at early age, understand other people's nonverbal behaviors and the subtleties that they communicate at a much deeper level. Whereas with uh, males, they have a more uh, literal understanding of other people's nonverbal uh, behaviors. So they're not going to uh, read into or understand subtle hints that females may be um, communicating to them. It's more of the literal understanding of what's being said, whereas females are going to understand or read into the subtle types of communication of those uh, uh, nonverbal behaviors that males display much more so. But then just uh, briefly, with language differences, it's been found for years and decades that the way that we communicate males and females is different, um, whereas uh, uh, males are much more likely to just talk about the topic at hand with a few words and less uh, emotional expression, whereas with females, they're much more likely to connect language with the relationship, with memory and emotion all together when they communicate. So they could tie in uh, different uh, uh, pieces of information, maybe from the past, how that relates to the current conversation, and talk about their emotion all at the same time. And part of that is explained because they have a larger and more active hippocampus. 
And that and that's a part of the brain that is responsible for language, relationships, and memory. And then again, also having a more integrated brain helps them connect to those different areas during conversations to tie in what previously has occurred to what's currently happening with emotion as well. But then lastly, uh, during social interactions, uh, males, the left side of the brain is activated uh, when they communicate for language, and the right side is activated for emotion. So it's much more compartmentalized. And it's much more difficult to do language and emotion at the same time for males, whereas with females, more of their overall brain is activated uh, during conversations. So what the bottom line with that is, is that males need to understand when females tie in what happened in the past to the current conversation and emotion, all that makes sense to her in the big picture. It all relates to each other. It's all interconnected. It's not that she's off topic when she communicates. That's what males need to understand. And females, what they need to understand when males communicate is um, if they just, if the males just answer in a few words and don't uh, express uh, emotional in their language, it's because they don't have the language abilities nearly as much, but with lower levels of estrogen and higher levels of testosterone. And it doesn't mean that they don't uh, care emotionally. It's just more difficult to communicate through language. So the more likely they do it through what they do through actions than what they say. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. When it comes to sex, we all want it to be amazing. And if you haven't taken notes before, listen up because better sex starts with Foria. Many people may not think they need extra help in the bedroom, but they are pleasantly surprised by how much better and more pleasurable their sexual experiences are, solo or with a partner, when you're using Foria products. Foria is on a mission to support lifelong sexual wellness and pleasure with a commitment to all natural 100% plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual experiences and relieve discomfort. Their products are a full-on game changer in the bedroom, each designed to naturally enhance sex and give you access to bigger, better orgasms. I personally love their Awaken Arousal Oil. It's an ultimate pleasure pregame, so I always keep it close by in the bedroom. The Awaken Oil is like a juicy warm-up that helps you really get in the mood, increasing your pleasure and deepening your orgasm. The oil uses CBD and warming sensation-inducing organic botanicals that enhance arousal, sensitivity, pleasure, access to orgasm, and also helps with any discomfort. Best of all, Awaken turns you on. Foria has garnered a serious cult following with tens of thousands of people and for a good reason. So yes, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it as often as possible. And you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash I do, or use the code I do at checkout. That's foria, F-O-R-I-A, wellness.com forward slash I do for 20% off your first order. I recommend trying their Awaken Arousal Oil and Sex Oil. You'll thank me later. Do you remember being tucked into bed with your favorite story and dozing off even before you got to your favorite part? It's one of those cherished childhood moments that seems to disappear into adulthood. 
Well, it doesn't have to be that way. Treat yourself to dreamland with Calm's sleep stories. You can pause your racing thoughts, relax your mind, and enjoy the ease of drifting off to sleep. We're partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app, to give you the tools to improve the way you feel. Reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditation, improve focus with curated music tracks, and rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for adults and even for children. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. If you go to calm.com slash I do, you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription and new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds, including me. Whenever I'm having a moment, whether it's tossing and turning at night or I'm needing to refocus at work, I know that all I need is a few minutes of meditation from Calm and I can get back on track. Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. For listeners of the show, Calm is now offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash I do. Go to calm.com slash I do for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash I do. There's so much to unpack here, and it's really fascinating to have a better understanding of the sex differences and the biological reasons that, you know, it's more difficult for a man to connect the two regions of his brain and and communicate with emotion, you know, before, as you said, that's like a cultural thing of, oh, men aren't taught to access their emotions because they need to be strong. And that certainly is a thing. It's not to be discounted, but combined with this, it's really fascinating. And I want to dive into a little bit of the evolutionary adaptive advantages of these different things, because I'm just curious, and also the practical implications as you started to go into. Certainly understanding these things can help us have more empathy for our partner, but we don't want it to be an excuse for, you know, the reason they shut down. It's like, oh, well, your two sides of the brain <laughs> don't work together. Yeah. So how do you think about all this in a practical standpoint of applying it to uh, daily communication improvement in a relationship? So one of the things that you mentioned was the evolutionary uh, uh, part of it. And I'll briefly talk about that and then I'll go into more of uh, uh, modern day. How can we apply it? So with the evolutionary um, approach to it, um, females, uh, they were more of um, raising the children uh, back at wherever they live. Maybe if you want to go back to the caveman days or whatever that is. And they needed to have, they needed to have better social understanding, particularly if other people's nonverbal behaviors, because the baby couldn't say what they needed or what they wanted. So they had to read into the nonverbal behaviors of the baby. So those women who were better able to understand what the uh, baby needed, was it hungry, was it sick, uh, was it afraid, was it cold, and understand those nonverbal behaviors, they were more likely to meet their needs of the baby and have their genetics passed on. Whereas with those females who were less likely to understand the nonverbal behaviors of their baby, were less likely to have um, their genetics passed on because they couldn't meet the uh, needs of the baby 
and maybe the baby um, passed away before it was able to uh, reproduce and pass on their genetics. For the male, uh, again, going back down to the evolutionary perspective, um, they were more responsible uh, to hunt and gather the res- and get the resources, uh, bringing the protein, the meat back to the cave. So it has been found over and over, even um, today in modern times, that males are much better with spatial ability. So if a male back then was running around chasing some sort of game to hunt, they need to be able to hunt and throw, have that spatial ability to throw, maybe a spear or something at it, kill it, but then also have the awareness and directions to find their way back to the cave. So those males who weren't able to hunt and throw something accurately with spatial ability or find their way back to the cave, then their offspring were less likely to survive and they were more likely to uh, die prematurely and uh, not have their genetics passed on. So those with better spatial abilities were more likely to have their genetics passed on. So today, it has been found consistently that um, males are much better with carnal directions, um, the north, south, east, and west, than what females are. And that's related to testosterone levels. The higher levels of testosterone are related with better carnal directions, uh, the north, south, east, and west, and spatial ability. And estrogen uh, has even been found to hinder spatial ability. But you may have uh, noticed yourself in their own life that females uh, do just about as well and rely much more so on landmark directions. So what are the physical types of uh, things in the environment? That's what they go by with directions. Um, and less so with the cardinal directions in north, south, east, and west. So bringing to conversations and how that could be uh, how time. So that is an evolutionary perspective to some degree, but tying back into what can we use in relationship conversations. So again, um, understanding that uh, females are much better with nonverbal communication, understanding other people that when she communicates, she needs to understand that the male is not going to pick up on her subtle hints nearly as much. So she probably needs to be a bit more explicit with her communication. And with males, we need to understand that females are going to look more into um, beyond what we say and into our nonverbal behaviors. So there may be some misunderstanding. Uh, she may say something, but she may read into it beyond that um, into what we have done as well. And then also with uh, females, they need to understand, you know, again, uh, like I talked about that, just because he hasn't uh, uh, expressed verbally his emotions doesn't mean he doesn't care. He's just less able to. And again, he needs to understand when she ties in all these different areas together, language, emotion, and memory, that that makes sense to her and she's better able to. Uh, there is one thing, if you don't mind, that I could go into uh, just briefly. Yes, please. Okay, uh, a modern example that probably you're familiar with, and everyone else is as well. What um, uh, was popular in the media for the last three or four weeks was the um, uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. And I have a whole chapter that addresses the crux of that problem in that relationship. And the chapter is called She Demands, He Withdraws. So it's been found in communication research for decades that there is a conflict dynamic that creates a lot of problems in relationships that both parties in the relationship feel that they're not being valued in the relationship, but for different reasons. And they don't understand 
um, how each one contributes to it. So it just keeps spiraling further and further in, uh, out of control. And one of the things that the tapes uh, that was played out in court actually said that Amber Heard actually said herself was, when she was recorded, that every time a conflict occurs, Johnny, you just leave. And that's what this dynamic is. She demands more out of the relationship. And then the more that she demands, the more that he's going to withdraw because he feels that what he contributes is not being valued. And she feels that uh, he's not contributing emotionally to her emotional needs. And part of the problem with that is, is that it takes more effort for males to process relational information. So for us, just on the spur of the moment to start talking about the relationship conflict isn't the best use of time. What is better is to actually set up a time in the future where the man has more of a time to reflect upon what's going on and then later on discuss it together and not just at the spur of the moment. But for her, it's just everything's more inter, interconnected, more intertwined. It's just going to build and build and build if it's not addressed right away. Like we already talked about, more connections to different areas of the brain. So that's going to connect all those things together, the memories, the emotion, uh, higher levels of, of, of estrogen. And, that's, uh, and then also uh, females, they have more activations in the emotional areas of the brain during uh, conversations and during, and during social actions, uh, social interactions. So she's more emotionally invested in the relationship. So neither feels valued. He doesn't feel value from what he does to contribute to the relationship, maybe with resources or spending time with her. And she doesn't recognize that as the emotional investment for him because he's not expressing it through language. And she doesn't feel that uh, she's being valued in the relationship uh, um, because uh, he's not expressing it through language and he's being valued. What he does is not being valued. Um, so what could have been done better or differently between both of them is touch before a conflict occurs. So maybe holding hands that has led to more positive behaviors because that increases oxytocin levels, that bonding chemical, but mimic behaviors. One thing that I brought out in the book that I think a lot of people don't uh, recognize is the health of a relationship is often indicated by how much each person mimics the other person's behaviors. So the more that both people mimic or, or display similar types of nonverbal behaviors, that indicates that they empathize with each other more, that activates similar areas of the brain, so they understand each other, and it also increases oxytocin levels, which is that bonding chemical. So just mimicking each other non-verbally can uh, lead to better positive outcomes in the relationship. So all these things could have been addressed, perhaps, as opposed to going through a three-week trial. <laughs> Certainly. And it's so valuable to understand these things, as I said earlier, because it can give us more empathy towards our partner in the same way that we don't choose our parents, right? So someone that you're relating to might be, you know, avoidant attachment style. And we've talked about attachment yeah. style here. And they learn that from their primary attachment bonds, their parents, in the same way that they didn't choose their sex and they didn't choose to have high levels of testosterone. So it's not to make an excuse, you know, if you're having a fight, but it's to come with a more holistic approach with more of a understanding of ourselves and our partner. And, and like I said, more empathy, really, for, even for ourselves, right? Yes. You can even hear on the tapes that she got even more mad 
each time that he would just leave every time a conflict occurred. So again, she demanded more from the relationship emotionally from him, language-wise, to express it. And he he did not understand why she kept demanding more from him when he thought he was already contributing quite a bit to the relationship, maybe with resources or spending time with her. So, you know, he probably had uh, inferior language abilities, which most males do compared to the female. So how do you address it? You you don't. You just leave. And... um, which is consistent, you know, with uh, social dynamic between uh, men and women. But what is also inconsistent is that males tend to have more substance abuse problems. That's how they deal with conflict, which he does with alcohol and other types of things. And females, they tend to be more uh, prone to or vulnerable to depression, anxiety, which she has. And there's biological reasons for that as well. So it was kind of a perfect storm that was yeah. displayed for the world. Yes. And it just played out pretty much how the chapter is written with she demands, he withdraws, and biological reasons why, and why it just kept escalating, escalating, and she demanded more, and he withdrew even more. And to go with that example, or any conflict, right? There's lots going on, but from a social standpoint, with the understanding of the biological underpinnings, that both were also making assumptions about the other yes. person's behavior, you know, and yes. instead of sitting down and we, we talk about it a lot on the show and using I statements, identifying how you feel and what it is that you need instead of assuming and creating this whole story that we project onto our partner and leads to these spirals. Yeah. He probably sees her. Okay. She's uh, demanding more. She's out of control. There's nothing else that I could do. So I'll just leave. And she's probably sees him as he doesn't care about the relationship because every time there's a conflict, he just leaves. Exactly. There's so much. We could do a whole podcast series <laughs> on the biological differences. It's really fascinating. I wanted to talk about how men and women handle stress differently from a biological perspective. So one of the things that um, I address in my undergraduate degree is in psychology. And one of the things that we covered was serotonin. And what serotonin does, it helps to regulate emotions. And this is, I kind of had an um, uh, inclination about this, but when I came across the research, it really solidified it and made it even more powerful that for over 40 years, So that's a long time, but most people aren't aware of that. Over 40 years, the serotonin system has been recognized as sexually dimorphic. So what the system is in our body that helps regulate our emotions has been recognized as sexually different between males and females for over 40 years. So testosterone has been used to treat depression for both males and females by increasing serotonin levels. So with males having, adult males having 20 times as much testosterone as what adult females do, and testosterone helps increase serotonin levels, and serotonin that helps regulate emotion, then it's not a far leap to uh, one more piece of the puzzle to understand why there are emotional differences between males and females, and females tend to be more emotionally invested in relationships. Depression and anxiety is diagnosed much more so with females 
and what it is with males. And now it's been traced to particular areas, specific areas on an X chromosome. So if one person has two X chromosomes, the other person only has one, then who do you think is going to be more prone to depression and anxiety? Probably the person that has two X chromosomes, the female. Um, females have more activation in the brain areas responsible for emotion processing during social interactions. So during social interactions, the emotional experience is going to be more intense for the female, exact same social interactions, going to be more emotionally intense for the female than for the male um, because of the activation in the emotional areas uh, of the brain. And also has been found in link that um, depression, major depression um, occurrences in a female life is closely related to hormonal shifts in the female life, in her female age as well. So one of the things that has been recognized uh, more popularly recently is that the vast majority of divorces that are filed by people over age 50 are filed by the woman. And that happens to be around the time of the age that uh, menopause really starts to get going and those estrogen levels start to really uh, um, decrease. And then just one last thing is it's even been found that's not even a conscious effort in terms of emotional differences, that females have more brain activation in the emotional areas of the brain when they view subliminal negative faces. So they don't even uh, consciously are aware of that they're looking at a negative face, and they even have more brain activation in the emotional areas than what males do. So it turns out men really are from Mars and women are from Venus. <laughs> uh, emotionally, and with those instances, yes, to some degree, our emotional systems are different. It is really fascinating, Stephen. And I appreciate you running through a wide range of topics as it relates to these biological differences. I think it's really valuable, as I've said a few times already, just to understand these and have this in your mind as you move through the world, whether you're single or in a relationship. Before we wrap up, are there any things that we skipped over or maybe you want to emphasize? And then we'll say goodbye. Uh, one, I guess, uh, one thing that um, I thought, this is just my opinion, it happened to be my favorite chapter. Uh, I think it was maybe chapter 12. But anyhow, the title of it is Women's Sixth Sense. And what I do with that is I go through the biological reasons why women are superior with their abilities in all five senses, which give them a better intuition. So one of the things is they have a uh, large, uh, larger and more active uh, insula. And what that does is it takes in sensory information. So they have more sensory information from which to go by. And um, they uh, tend to have a better uh, sensitivity, a better range of smell, taste, touch. They can hear a larger range. And they can also see a larger range of uh, detail and color. So color vision is on the X chromosome, and they also have more P cells in the retina. So both males and females could look at the same thing, and they'll look at it differently because she could see the details and the colors much better. So taking all those together, I don't know. It, to me, it's sort of some sort of magical sense that they have of that intuition that we just don't have because we don't have that uh, uh, sense abilities. 
That is so interesting. And, and yeah, you know, classically, we think of women as more intuitive, more in touch with that side of themselves. But it's not to say that men can't develop that as well. Stephen, thank you so much for, for sharing all of this information. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you online, where they can find your book? And then we'll say goodbye. So the best and easiest way to find my book is just to do um, a search with my last name. Furlich, F-U-R-L-I-C-H. You can go to Barnes & Noble online. You could go to Amazon online. Uh, you could go to Audible. You can go to Apple. And then just type in my last name and then uh, it should pop up. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Thanks, Chase. And thanks uh, for your interest in the topic. I enjoy the conversation. And uh, I always like it when people have uh, interest in it. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge... We really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners if you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. We've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.